You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. Mark chapter number 2, I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 1 and read a very familiar passage of Scripture out of here tonight. And uh, I preached a message out of here years ago on some things that will happen when you get the clay out of the way, when they tore the roof off of that house. And, um, of course, that roof was made of clay. It's what it was made of. They had to get it out of the way um, before they could get that man to Jesus. And how you and I, before we can ever really do much for God, we've got to get ourselves out of the way. Amen. We've got to get our clay out of the way. But look with me, verse number 1. The Bible said this, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch as there were, uh, insomuch as there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the uh, word unto them. And I just say this, and I'll say more about it in just a second. Um, that's a pretty good subject to preach right there. It's just the Bible, Amen. It goes on to say in verse number three, and they came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press they uncovered the roof where he was and when they broke it when they had broken it up they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay and when Jesus saw their faith he said unto the sick of the palsy son thy sins be forgiven thee but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts why doth this man thus speak blasphemous? Uh, who can forgive sins uh, but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, uh, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But they are, but that he, that ye may know, that the Son of Man hath power on the earth uh, to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way unto thine house. And immediately he arose, and took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch as they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I want to preach to you on this thought for just a little while tonight, thinking about this man that was sick of the palsy. Does anybody really care? Or does anyone really care? Father, I love you tonight. I pray over the next few minutes, Lord, that you'd help us tonight. We sure need you. We sure need your help. We need your touch, God. And I pray, Lord, that you'd breathe on us tonight afresh and anew. I pray, God, that you'd stir our hearts, God, not just, Lord, for this upcoming month, but God, may you stir our hearts, Father, for the days to come, the months and the years to come, God, to do more for you. God, may we realize that there is a world out there that is lost and on the road to hell. There is people out there crippled by sin tonight, and they need somebody to get them to where you're at. I pray, God, that you'd breathe on us tonight, and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. 
I want to look into these verses again a little while tonight and preach on this thought with the help of the Lord. Does anyone really care? Does anyone really care? I've preached out of this, as I said a while ago, I've preached out of this several different times and Probably the most remembered message that I preached out of it was the message on some things that happen when we get our clay out of the way, when we get ourself out of the way. Uh, uh, there will be some things that transpire. And I'll just say this briefly in passing tonight, but um, we do need to get ourselves out of the way. It's not about me. It's not about you. And I, I, I know that next month will be competitive, man. And there's five Sundays in it, man. And we're gonna have have a good time, but it's really not about some team. It's not about some Sunday school class. It's not about me. It's not about some teacher, but it's about one thing, uh, and that is uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, that is the reason we do uh, what we do. Now, as I read back through this again today, I scratched a few things down this afternoon, and maybe we can learn a little bit out of this passage of Scripture. Let me show you two or three things, and we'll go home and eat eggs and tater tots. That's exactly right. I knew you'd get that one right. We'll go home and eat eggs and tater tots. Number one tonight, I want you to see this. There was the packed service. There was the packed service in verse number one and two. What was it? The Bible said uh, that he was noised abroad, that he was in the house, that is Jesus. And straightway, uh, many were gathered together insomuch uh, that there was no room uh, to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. There was the packed service that day. In other words, if you'd have went to this, uh, uh, if it was a house or if it was a church house, if you'd have went there, you'd have found out that it was packed out. You'd have found out that uh, uh, people had come from all over uh, and the church was packed out. And I began to think about this. What caused uh, uh, this packed house? What caused these people to come in right here? How would say this, number one, there was a stir. Amen. What was that stir? It was noised abroad uh, uh, that he was in the house. Hear me and hear me well. If Jesus is in the house, uh, it will be noised abroad. There will be a stirring uh, in the community and in the county uh, and in the country when Jesus is in the house. There was the stir, but I thought about this. There was not only the stir, there was the speaker. Yeah, ma'am, there was the speaker. Who was the speaker? It was none less than Jesus Christ Himself. <laughs> Could you imagine what it would have been like uh, to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ Himself and listen to Him preach? There was the speaker that day. Hear me what I'm fixing to say. If Jesus is in the house, there will be a stirring. But if Jesus is in the house, uh, uh, they will be a speaker. Now there's none like Him. But you know what he does to his man? He fills his man and manifests himself through the preaching of God's Word. Watch this. There was the stir. There was the speaker. But there was the sermon. There was the sermon. What was the sermon? He said that he preached the Word to them. Look what he said. He preached the Word unto them. What is the Word? In the beginning was the Word. 
The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You want me to tell you what the Word is? It's that Bible right there today. It's God. It's Jesus plus nothing and minus nothing. If there is going to be a stirring, and if there is going to be a packed house, hear me and hear me well. We'll have to preach the Word. We'll have to teach the Word. We'll have to sing songs that exalt the Word of God. Your opinion matters nothing to me. My opinion should matter nothing to you. What matters is what this blessed whole book says right here. That's what matters. Man, I wish you could have been there yesterday and heard Brother Tim McCann preach. You say what he preached on everything that moved. And then he went to moving things and preaching on them. He said this. He said, I'm about sick and tired of people coming up to me and going, well, did you know that preacher done this or that preacher done that? And you know what? We're so full of criticism in our churches today. There are... I said, me and Brother Brian was talking the other day and said this. If I knew, if I was a lost man and knew what I knew about the church house, I probably wouldn't go. You know what I mean? There's so much contention. Hey, hear me. If they're preaching the Word, leave them alone. You say, well, they got a keyboard. Well, we had one sitting on our platform last week. And what happened? God showed up because they was exalting Him. Amen. He preached the Word. If I went to a church and the preacher didn't preach the Word of God, I'd leave and go somewhere else. I'd stay at the house before I'd sit in a church with a preacher that don't preach the Word of God. The reason that church was full, the reason there was a stirring, it's because the speaker had the right sermon and it was the Word of God. Does anybody really care? There was, watch this, there was the packed service. But number two, there was the paralyzed sinner. There was the paralyzed sinner. I want to say this to you tonight. This world is full of paralyzed sinners. Instead of looking down our nose at that sinner, maybe nobody's ever told him that that was wrong. I had a daddy that taught me right from wrong. I had a daddy that trained me. I had a dad that brought me up in the admonition of the Word of God. I had a dad that corrected me. I had a dad that taught me to wear my pants up around my waist and put a belt on. I had a dad that taught me when I went down the house of God, you put your best on. Don't mean you got to wear a suit every time you go, but you put what you can that's the best that you've got. You put it on when you go down the house of God. I had a dad that taught me to say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. I ain't bragging on myself, but you listen to me talk to anybody long, and you'll hear me say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. You want me to tell you the reason why? If I didn't, my dad taught me that I should with a belt. It don't take but about two beatings to learn yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. 
I had a dad and a mom that taught me that. I had a dad that taught me to open the door for a lady when she was going in. Whether it was my wife or one of my kids, we was out in Tennessee this past week and we walked into a restaurant and a lady walked out and opened the door and said, it's good to have you. My kids walked in and I stopped. She said, this is what I'm supposed to do. I said, no, where I come from. And I said, if my mama caught this, me walking in a door with you holding it for me being a lady, my mama would whoop me to this day. Get in the restaurant. (laughs) You say, what'd she do? Walked in the restaurant. We got to the next door. She didn't even try to hold it open for me. My mom and my dad taught me that, Brother Josh. They taught me that. My dad taught me to represent myself well. My dad taught me if I was going somewhere, unless she's on the riverbank fishing, to, to clean up. My dad taught me when I went to a job interview, I wore the best that I had. That's what I was taught. But I want you to understand what I'm saying to you. We have a generation today that's not been taught that. It's a different world. It's a different generation. Are we teaching our children that? To the best of my ability. I try my best to. I try my best to raise my kids to be good young ladies, to serve the Lord, and to be respectful. And if they go to say something to one of y'all, and it's not yes ma'am or no ma'am or yes sir or no sir, I promise you if I hear them, I will rebuke them in front of you. You say, well, you ought not do that. That's what my mom and daddy done, and I'm okay, okay? I'm 40 years old today, and, and the only thing my daddy ever signed for me to get was when I was 16 years old. He signed for me to get a four-wheeler when I was 16, and that's it. He's never signed for nothing else. He didn't sign for us to buy a house. He didn't sign for me to buy a vehicle. He taught me right. I'm doing my best to teach my children that. But there's a lot today that I'm headed somewhere. They don't have that. You mean tell you what they are? They are a paralyzed sinner. They're a paralyzed. You know what they need? They don't need somebody to walk up to them and condemn them and look down their nose at them. I understand sin has an effect on people. And if we're not careful, we'll allow our flesh to look at them with a pharisaical eye. Hey, but hear me and hear me well. You want me to tell you what they need? They need to get in a service that's packed with the Holy Ghost of God around people that love them and care about them and lead them to Christ and teach them the things of God. There was a paralyzed sinner. I thought about this paralyzed sinner, Brother Josh. I thought about his doubt. I thought about his doubt. She said, Preach, what are you saying? I wonder how many people that was in that service where it was packed out walked by him on their way to church. His doubt. Does anybody really care? Does everybody all right tonight? Does anybody really care? I thought about his discouragement. No doubt. He probably cried out. Will somebody help me? We ain't got time to mess with you. You don't dress the way we dress. Time out. Don't come to me if somebody comes in our church that's not dressed like we are, 
that's visiting. Don't come to me and say, can you believe what they had on? Because some of y'all sitting on these pews. I just put it this way. When you walked in, you weren't even carrying a King James Bible. So don't look down our Pharisee. Boy, I feel like preaching right there. Don't look down your pharisaical nose and think you're anybody better than anybody else. You me tell you what they need? They need Jesus tonight. They need God tonight. They need the same love that somebody showed me one day. That paralyzed sinner. He was discouraged and, and defeated and had those doubts. Does anybody really care? I wonder how many in the community cries out tonight, does anyone really care? Does anyone really care? Hear me and hear me well. Someone's done wrong. They need to suffer the punishment from doing wrong. I'm a, I'm a hundred percent for that. But at the same time, we still got to love them and tell them about God. Let me tell you the difference in a lot of people sitting in Dobson tonight in jail and you and I, they got caught and we didn't. That is the only difference. Somebody got to us and got us to God uh, before we got too deep in this world. Hey, somebody cared about us. Somebody loved us. And when we see that paralyzed sinner, may God help us. The show come I see a packed service of paralyzed sinner, but I see this. I see the persistent servant. I see the persistent servant. <laughs> well, yeah. Look what this said. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. In other words, he was carried by four. And they, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof. They was persistent. They uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. The persistent servant. The persistent servant. Aren't you glad somebody kept knocking on your door one day? Aren't you glad somebody kept praying? <laughs> Aren't you glad somebody kept praying for you one day? Aren't you glad somebody rung the prayer bells of heaven and begged God to salvage your life? That persistent servant. I thought about this, their determination. Their determination. They was determined to get that person to God. No matter what it took, they was determined to get that person to God. They got to the door. And can I just say this? Can I just say this? The Bible says it's full up to the door. But isn't it interesting that when they tore the roof off and let him down, there was space for him on the inside. Ever thought about that? There was space for him on the inside. I don't know that the four got inside, but I know he did. Once they tore the roof off and got the clay out of the way, there was room for the sinner on the inside. They're packed in the door. They get to the door. They're met with opposition. Here's what 99% of us do. Uh, hear me. Hear me. Hear me. 
Well, I just don't guess it's God's will. I just, we tried, boys, but I just don't guess it's God's will to get them in. If that's all it takes to make you stop, you don't have much dedication. You don't have much determination. Man, they was met by obstacles and opposition. They was met by Pharisaical Baptist people that says, He's not dressed like us. He stinks. He's a crippled. He's laying on a bed. He's smitten with some disease. And that's where the world's at today. They are smitten with a disease. They are sick. Oh, but they need somebody that'll press on through the press. And that'll remove the obstacles. And get them where God's at. their determination but I thought about this their dedication their dedication they didn't quit they stayed dedicated they stayed dedicated to the cause that God had gave them I'll ask you a question I'll ask you a question is there somebody that you once had a greater burden for than you do right now. If there is, if they're saved, they've got saved or they've got right with God and they're back in church, then great. But if they're still out in the world and you've lost that burden, something's wrong. They're sick. They need some. They need somebody. Somebody needs to go get them. Somebody needs to remove the obstacles. I named these four. I named these four right here. Can I give it to you? I named these four. Here you go, Adam. You ready for this? You'll like this. Number one, and their dedication. Number one, there was Mr. Convictions. There's Mr. Convictions. He was one that practiced obedience. Listen to this verse. All right? I've been doing good. I've been alliterated an expositor, but I'm going to throw you a little topical in here right here real quick, okay? Look at this right here. Let me show you something. i got it marked. Let me get over there. Here's what it said in Psalms 126, verse number 6. He that goeth forth, weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with him. You know who that was? That's old Mr. That was old Mr. Conviction right there. He said, I'm just going to persist with it. I'm going to say, there's Mr. Conviction. You know who number two was? Number two, he was Mr. Consecrated. He was Mr. Consecrated. Listen to this verse right here. Let me read you another verse. Proverbs says this. Let me read you a verse. I don't have these marked, but I'm going to give it to you. Proverbs says this in chapter 16, verse number 7. When a man's way... When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. You know what? That was old Mr. Consecrated. He said, I'm just going with what God said to do. I'm just going, even though I may have enemies, I'm just going to go with what God says to do. What about this? That was Mr. Compassion. That's Mr. Compassion. Listen to this verse. Listen to this right here. Psalm said this, Psalms 32. Let me read this to you. I like this, whether y'all do or not. Here's what he said. 
Psalms 32 verse number 1 said this, Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. That, that right there, there's Mr. Compassion. He walked by and saw that man sick of the palsy laying on the bed. And I just say this, the Bible does not contain all the works of Christ. There's not enough ink. There's not enough pages to contain the whole works of Christ. It, it's very possible that old Mr. Compassion was walking down the road and went, whoa. Hey, sir, there was a day that I lay in that same condition. Yes, sir. And I know another guy. And he's really consecrated to the cause of Christ. And he goes and says, I found a guy back down there on the side of the road. Boy, he don't look like we do. He don't smell like we do. But there was a day, there was a day that I was in his condition. That was old Mr. Conviction and he says this, He may not be like us and he don't look like us, but God said, They that go forth with weeping and bear precious seed shall doubtless come again, bringing his sheep with it. You know what I believe I'll do? Mr. Compassion, I believe I'll hook up and I'll go down there with you. I got down there and they needed one more. Maybe that's when <laughs> old Mr. Cooperation walked by. Oh, Mr. Cooperation, I give him this as his last verse. Psalms 133.1 How beautiful and how blessed is it when God's people, and I'm not quoting it verbatimly, but when God's people dwell together in unity. He says, all right, boys, i tell you what we're going to do. I'm Mr. Cooperation. We're just going to hook up together. And we're going to get this paralyzed sinner down there to that packed service. Because there's a man that's got a word. <laughs> and I promise you, if we can get him to him, everything will be alright. There was, watch this, there was a packed service. There was a paralyzed sinner. There was a persistent servant. Can I say this to you tonight? I know... I know it's March and, and there is nobody in this church probably any more competitive than I am. Matter of fact, I was about half depressed this week thinking about, I'm not going to be on a team. <laughs> then I walked into Miss Stephanie's class and Miss Nicole's class this morning. Miss Nicole said, I'll be gone all next month. And I said, well, I've got somebody to fill in your class. She said, Okay, Miss Stephanie hadn't got there yet. She said, well, who is it? I said, I've got the perfect person. They can help Miss Stephanie teach. They can help promote her class. I got, she said, well, who is it? I said, it's me. And all the kids went. <laughs> it was like they was really excited, and then all of a sudden they was... Uh... Hey. Nicole ever bought y'all pizza? What we eating Saturday night? You just remember that. 
I am compared. You say, where's that at? That's none of your business. If you ain't a, what are we? Come on now. If you're not a, you're not invited. You say, what are y'all going to do? You'll see Sunday night. (laughs) Man, I'm competitive as anybody. Probably more than anybody. If we're working on something and hand-driving nails, when I used to frame, I had a 28-ounce E-swing framing hammer just so I could drive a nail faster than the man beside of me. I mean, if two ants is crawling on the ground, I'm going to get down and cheer for the uh, one of them. Why don't you understand something? We're in this thing together. We're in this thing together. Your enemy is not sitting in this room. That Mr. Cooperation, he was the one that pulled that unity together. Those those servants. Watch something else. There was a passive. There was the passive. You hearing me tonight? Everybody still with me? There was the passive scoffers. There was the packed house. There was the paralyzed sinner. There was the persistent servant. But there was also some scoffers. That was there. When you read on down, what did the Bible say? I'm not going to read it all for sake of time. Jesus saw their faith. He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. That's those scoffers. Are they really real? Man, I'm going to tell you something. But Tim nailed this yesterday. He said, I'm so tired of preachers talking about other preachers. And this is the truth. This is the truth. Y'all was there. This is the truth. Right after that service was over, and we went downstairs to eat Hershey's barbecue that went dipped in chocolate, and I was mad. There was a preacher walked up to him and started running his mouth about Brother C.T. And Tim turned around and got in his face and said, Did you not hear one blooming word I said while I preached today? And turned around and walked off. There, look, hear me. There's always going to be somebody that's going to bump them gums. There's always going to be somebody that says, well, what's Randy got any business teaching kids? Well, he used to be wicked as a devil. He used to beat Dawn. He probably still does every once in a while. As long as he leaves the kids alone, I'm all right. She probably needs it. She ain't even here to defend herself. What in the world is Vicky Mounds doing working with the youth? Brent Robertson goes to church up there. Y'all let Brent Robertson in that church. And when people say stuff like that, I'd say this, and I'm his pastor. And I'm her pastor. I was there when she got saved. I was there when he got saved. I watched God transform. There's always a passive scoffer. There's always going to be somebody that says, Tanya plays the piano. That's usually me. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, I love you. (laughs) 
Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. I don't know. They just pray. My daughter's trying to learn. We're going to transition right now. <laughs> You're scared to laugh right now, but you want to so bad. <laughs> you like Jonathan and mad, ain't you, honey? This is the truth. There was a man and his wife sitting in my office. And she said this not long ago. She grew up in this area. She don't live here no more. She lives out of town. They had came for a funeral and was sitting in my office. And she, she started naming people. She named Brent. She said, do you know him? I said, yeah. She said, how well do you know him? I said, He's a member of our church. She said, Brent Robertson. And I said, yeah. She said, man, that's awesome, ain't it? And I said, yeah. She said, well, there was another guy up in here. His name was Jeff Todd. And I went, guilty. (laughs) She looked at me honestly and tears swelled up in her eyes. And she said, Jeff Todd is a member of this church. I said, Lead bass singer in the bass section at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. She was not scoffing. She was praising God for what God had done in their life. But there is a crowd out there. And you know what we need to do tonight? We just need to forget about them. We just need to... They're not going to shut up. They're going to run their mouth. They're going to do everything they can do to discourage us. They're going to do everything they can do to knock us down. They're going to do everything they can do to make the church shrink instead of the church grow. You know what we need to do? We just need to say this. Get thee behind me, Satan. Because that's exactly where it comes from. There was the scoffers. Here, I'm going to throw this out and we'll go home. I thought about this, maybe they scoffed because of the lack of their faith. Maybe their faith was lacking. Maybe they walked by and thought, well, there's no way Jesus will help him. No doubt some of those people in that building walked by him that day. But I thought about this. Maybe they scoffed because of their laziness. You know, I found this out in Amazing Grace. It's always the lazy ones that complain when we do more at Amazing Grace. I hadn't, and they're not here no more. But I had one tell me, well, I can't believe we've got these youth outings, and, 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 and every once in a while you'll call a Saturday night prayer meeting, and we have a ladies' Bible study, and, and, and we're doing this, and we have visitation, and, and we do this, and we do that. And I looked at the individual, and this is exactly what I said. I ain't never seen you at none of them. I see you Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and I appreciate that. Thank you for your faithfulness to that. But before you walk up in here and criticize the ministries of the church, pardon me, but you're not having nothing to do with any of them, so I'm not worried about what you've got to say. You say, what happened? They didn't stick around long. You say, you run them off. No! The fire will do one of two things. It will change your position It'll change your passion. And when the fire falls, you'll either get right with God or you'll find somewhere else to go to church. That's the reason something can't take it around Amazing Grace. 
There's always those scoffers. And it's usually because of their laziness. It's usually because of their... Can I give you one more? Does anybody really care? I thought about this. I thought about come start playing. I thought about the packed service. I thought about the paralyzed center. I thought about the persistent servants. And I thought about those passive scoffers. They was going to run that mouth. Then I thought about this. There was a powerful Savior. <laughs> Immediately when you read this, I just jotted this down, but boys, I think I'm going to work on it and preach it a little bit. I believe it's got some preaching in it. I thought about this. When they started running that mouth, immediately Jesus rebuked them. He perceived in His Spirit. And hey, look, before they ever opened their mouth, Jesus already knew it and rebuked them. So before you ever open your mouth, Jesus already knows what you're thinking. I thought about this when I looked at it. He knew their heart. Now I thought about this. He forgave their sin. He forgave their sin. I really believe, I really believe that old time worship broke out. I really do. I really believe that a lot of those people got right with God, but Jonathan and old time worship broke out. Here's the reason why. They had saw numerous people healed. That was not uncommon. Anywhere Jesus went, why, He'd say, get up from the dead, and they'd get up. He'd put ears back on people's head. He'd make the blind to see and deaf to hear, lame to walk. That was not out of the ordinary when Jesus was around. But you know what they said? They walked out and said this, we never saw it on this fashion. I believe Jesus rebuked them. They took the rebuke and got right with God. And I believe an old time, Holy Ghost, borderline Pentecostal fit broke out around that place. And they had worship. You say, why didn't you say Baptist? Because it's hard for me to get y'all to say March Madness. Any less? Hallelujah, praise God, amen. (laughs) Are you hearing me tonight? I wrote this down. People will come if they know it's not going to be the ordinary. People will come if they know it's not going to be the ordinary. Let me tell you the reason you go to a bull riding because it ain't going to be the ordinary. Some idiot is going to get on a big old bull and try to ride it for eight seconds. Best bull riding I've ever seen was right here at Amazing Grace. <laughs> you say, I've never saw it. All you got to do is go back on our church's Facebook page and, and, and go back to Bible school last year And son, I'm telling you, we had one more mean bull come blowing out of the chute up here. I'm going to pull it up and share it again tonight just because it's that good. You see, the reason everybody came that night, our church was packed with kids that night. You know, we tell you the reason why? 
They knew it was not going to be ordinary. People will come if they know it's not going to be ordinary. I don't want an ordinary church. I want an extraordinary church. Does anybody really care tonight? There's a world that needs somebody to love them. There's some teenage punk that you really want a throat punch and wash his mouth out with soap. Young Holly, man, alright? That needs somebody to love. Matter of fact, Miss Bethany's been a part of writing a grant with mercy and truth right now. Where we're trying to get more involved with the juvenile delinquents in Surrey, Wilkes, and Yakin County. Tomorrow, I'll begin making phone calls different individuals. And and can I just say this? That's a ministry through our church. There's several of us that's working on that right now out of our church. Miss Bethany's putting, I don't know how many hours working on it. Brother Aaron's been over there working. There's been others. But hear me. You know what that kid needs? You know what he was? He still is by half the time. He's just old punk that needed to be wallered on the ground and just a good whooping. Somebody holler amen. Brother Randy got in a van and went and picked him up, brought him to church, and out there in the little old block fellowship hall before we remodeled it all, he got saved. God changed his life. God called him to preach. He graduated high school. He's in Bible college now. Tomorrow morning at 4.30, he's going to get on a van with a bunch of other young preachers, drive to Alabama, spend a week down there in the prisons. Tell them about a man that really cares. And the only reason he's going to do that is because somebody really cared. Because somebody really cared. I still, I still ain't so sure that he didn't do it. But in that gray van... That back seat's got a cut in it. Somebody took a pocket knife. He just admitted it. Yeah. We'll go to the woodshed after service. Did you really do it? You and you meet me back there. Because there ain't no cameras in my office. I always thought it was that devil that cut that seat. I can't believe that. I don't know whether to walk over and smack him or not. But look, you know what? If he'd have thrown the match on it and burn it down, to have him sit here say my God's It was worth it. Somebody cared about you one day. Somebody came to you one day. Somebody just didn't push you to the side one day and say, we don't care. 
Somebody got a hold of God and prayed. You got in a church house and a man of God stood up in the power and unction of the Holy Ghost of God and preached the Word. Somebody cared. God help us to be the one that really cares.